Very pleased to welcome Keelan Darby. Uh, she is a police officer and the wife of Ben Darby, who is currently serving a prison sentence for murder. Keelan, uh, it's great to have you on the show. I'm sorry it's under these uh, difficult circumstances. Hey, Frank, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. So uh, just so folks know about your background, uh, you're you're currently a police officer in Alabama, right? Yes, I've been a police officer for six years. And um, your husband, Ben, was also a police officer, at least until this recent uh, situation. How did the how did the two of you meet? Uh, we met at college uh, in Pensacola, Florida. And how long? How how long um, how long was he a police officer for until his uh, dismissal from the department? So he was a police officer for five years. Uh, we both started in February of 2016 for our our different department. And, that's... and his his incident happened in April of 2018. So he was on the job for almost two years. So uh, he relatively early in his tenure as a police officer when that April 2018 incident occurred. And how long are you guys married? Uh, we'll be six years this October. Oh, and um, did he have, obviously it was very early in his tenure as a cop, but prior to this April 2018 incident, did he have any history of um, disciplinary actions by the department? Had he been reprimanded for anything? No, he had a totally clean record. Okay, uh, so... April 2018, he has this encounter with Jeff Parker, uh, an armed man who was suicidal. Uh, For people that know nothing about this case, which I think is most of our audience, just explain to folks what happened with this April 2018 encounter with Jeff Parker. Yeah, so April 2018, Ben was on duty for Huntsville Police Department, and a call had come out that a man... He, the guy, Parker, called in and said, I have a gun. I'm about to blow my brains out. The front door's open. So uh, dispatch had sent some officers, and the officers asked for additional backup before they even got there. So Ben was nearby, and he went. And officers are trained uh, nationwide that if you have a guy with a gun and they're in their own house, you don't go into that house. You surround the house and call them out. And Ben had answered several calls. Um, similar to this prior to this one, and on every call, they surrounded the house and called the person out and dealt with them outside of the house because it's safer. Uh, The officer doesn't know what's going on inside the house, where outside they do. So Ben got there. Um, When he gets there, he doesn't see the officers following their training and staying outside the house. He sees uh, one of them on the front porch and the other one he doesn't see. So he runs up there with his shotgun which he had taken out because of his training to surrounding call out. And the female officers inside the house with her gun pointed at the ground, talking to a suicidal man who has a gun um, out and pointed at his own head. So the female officer is talking to him and trying to de-escalate the situation. But to her fault, she's not able to communicate clearly to him. And she's not standing behind anything to protect her. She's out in the wide open with a guy with a gun less than 21 feet away from her. And Ben sees that the man is not following any of the directions that she's giving to him. Uh, they told him a total of five times before Ben got there to put the gun down, and the man refused to do so. So Ben uh, entered the house and told the told Parker, put the gun down. And Parker said, no, I'm not going to do it. And Ben said, I'm not going to tell you again, put the gun down. 
and um, Ben had to stop a threat to his life and the other two officers' lives that day. And um, unfortunately, a life was taken that day. But in the totality of the circumstances, when you have someone who's not following directions and you have officers in the wide open that aren't protected from the threat against them, uh, you officers have to act accordingly, and Ben did so. Uh, talking with Keelan Darby about her uh, husband Ben's uh, case, April 2018, just a, a tragic story all the way around. Clearly a, a gentleman that was mentally ill and that was uh, that was armed told authorities that he was suicidal. The police arrived, and uh, it resulted in the uh, loss of his life. Do you think, Keelan, that um, – and I'm sure you've spent a lot of time thinking about this case and looking into it over the last four years – that this was his goal? Do you think his goal was suicide by cop? Yes, and I know that for a fact that it was. During the trial, his neighbor had come forward and attempted to testify about conversations that he had had with uh, Mr. Parker, and the judge and the prosecution objected and said it was hearsay. You can't, hearsay is, um, if you have a direct conversation with someone, like this conversation I'm having with you is a direct testimony. Um, if one of your listeners were to talk about it, that would be hearsay. But if you or I were to talk about it, mm-hmm. that would be a direct testimony. And so the judge said, you're not allowed to talk to the jury about it. She sent the jury out of the room, and the the neighbor was allowed to tell the court record. And it was allowed to be documented that way. But the 12 people who were making the decision as to whether Ben was actually a murderer or not, weren't allowed to hear it. Wow. Uh, well, we'll get back to the trial in just a second. But before there was a trial, um, I'm imagining the department did its own internal review. And we've seen just in a lot of the high profile cases in New York that I've followed, but people have probably heard about these cases in other jurisdictions. Sometimes um, the police departments will find, OK, the police officer didn't do anything criminal, but they acted inappropriately, so there's going to be some sort of disciplinary action. The most recent case that I can think of in New York that got a lot of attention was the Eric Garner situation where there was no crime, no federal crime, no state crime, but the department said, well, you know, he didn't do the right thing, so we're firing this cop. Did the Huntsville Police Department do any sort of a review prior to the criminal trial that your husband was involved in? Yes, they had a incident review board immediately um, after the shooting and two weeks after the shooting that they uh, came forward and they said Ben and Ben did not violate any policy, procedure, state, local, federal law. They came and said that the other two officers did and that those other two officers were required to go through remedial training for lack of threat assessment. Uh, ben did not have to go through any type of retraining because they came to the conclusion that he did not do anything wrong and he acted correctly. And this whole interaction was captured on your husband's uh, body camera, right? Yes, his body camera and the other two officers' body camera footage is recorded. And the department came to to the conclusion that the other officers acted inappropriately and that Ben acted appropriately. Correct. And so then how does he end up getting indicted. If the police department does such a thorough review, if this is all documented on three different video body cameras, how does the district attorney end up indicting him? 
So there's bad blood between Madison County District Attorney and Huntsville Police Department. And lawyers from the district attorney's office uh, spoke with Huntsville po- retired Huntsville Police Chief Mark McMurray. He's retired now. But at the time, they spoke to him and said, hey, if you fire Ben Darby, we won't press charges against him. And Chief McMurray said, no, he didn't do anything wrong. He followed his training that we gave him, that the state gave him, and all of the local, state, federal policy. He followed his he followed his, the job that he was given to do. I'm not firing him. And so they went back and forth. And six months later, they said, okay, if you're not going to fire him, we're going to charge him. And they charged him with murder. My goodness. All right. So he goes on trial for murder. You mentioned the judge not allowing that uh, that testimony from the neighbor, which seems like it would have been exculpatory and essentially proven that what uh, that what ben, what Jeff Parker was trying to do was commit suicide by cop. Um that being said, the jury did hear testimony. They did review this body camera footage, and they came to the conclusion that um, your husband was guilty of murder. They evaluated the evidence. They discussed it, deliberated, presumably. Why was the jury wrong? Why should folks not necessarily respect the jury's determination in your husband's case? Because they weren't They weren't allowed to hear all the facts. They weren't allowed to hear the neighbor's uh, testimony. They weren't allowed to hear a training advisor that taught Ben in the academy the uh, idea of action versus reaction. And this officer, um, he had a very he had his own. He was in a shooting um, with a guy who had a gun pointed at the ground. And before the officer could recognize it, the the man um, shot. He was able to flick his wrist and shoot him in the face. Thankfully, he lived because it was birdshot. Um, But he was taught action versus reaction, how you cannot wait. If there's a gun involved and they don't drop the gun um, in the totality of the circumstances, if you don't have any cover or concealment between you, he he is a direct threat to you. Um, Case law was not allowed to be heard to the jury. That would have exonerated Ben. That being Graham versus Connor, Montu versus Carr, and Grzynski versus Palm Beach uh, Sheriff's Office. Um, All those cases involve uh, people with guns, and in Graham, it says the officer does not have to wait for the beat of the weapon to be pointed at him if he feels like his life or another person's life is in imminent danger. And that's exactly what happened. The mm. man was not listening to police. He had been given seven commands to drop the weapon, and he didn't. And Ben recognized the threat between his life and Mr. Parker and the lives of the other two officers present. Um, so he's found guilty. The jury finds him guilty. What was his sentence? So um, he was sentenced to 25 years for murder um, in Alabama. 20 murder with a when you use a weapon, it's a um, enhancement. So you get 20 years as a minimum sentence. Um, the DA wanted to stick it to Ben and make him a example and requested 25 years, which would allow, which would not allow Ben to be out during the appeal. We are currently appealing this, and uh, he sits day for day in a prison with um, true murderers and true bad people, bad guys who actually do commit crime as an innocent man, and he'll sit there day for day until the appeal comes back. So he's sitting in prison now? Yes. I haven't seen him 
I, he's been today actually is 10 months. He's been in prison for 10 months. And I've seen him twice out of that 10 months. What's the status of his appeal? Um, right now, it's we're waiting the, for the courts to make a decision. Um, they have no timeline. So that's the hard part. We were given a timeline where we had to get all of our documents and all of our briefs in. Now that they have everything, they can um, they make they make their decision as to when they're going to make it. So we're hoping it's by the end of the year, and we're planning for that for obvious reasons. Um, but it's whenever they get around to it. So um, the paperwork is all submitted. You're just waiting for the appeals court to make a determination now. Correct. Most likely, from what we've been told, uh, we should be given a new trial, and this will get retried. Do you guys but have children? Uh, not right now. We would love to have kids, but uh, that was taken from us, from him being uh, charged. Um, we didn't want to have kids during this process. Sure, oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I can understand that. Um, how the, the DA in Madison County, it's, you mentioned the bad blood between the DA's office and the uh, Huntsville Police Department. Uh, do you get the sense that the DA has tried to benefit politically by going after this case, which is high profile, especially in Alabama, and uh, it kind of look like he's, you know, getting tough with, um, you know, w- with rogue cops or something like that. Do you get the sense that the DA has politicized this? I think he has. Um, if, you know, this happened again in 2018, and the reason why we didn't go to court until uh, this past year was because of COVID, Um and then no one heard about the case because of a gag order that the judge issued mm. because from the beginning, the city, the department, the chief all back then, and then the DA got up and said the exact opposite. And so she shut everything down. Um, I think he is trying to use Ben as a scapegoat for him because there's been uh, at least five other shootings from his department. And some of them in very similar circumstances as Ben were in. And none of those officers are in prison. Mm. I'm not asking for that to happen because I would hate for anyone to have to go through this. But he has something against Ben Darby. And, you know, I'm still trying to figure that out myself while fighting for his freedom. What does a situation like this, forgetting about the uh, separation, the physical separation between you and your husband, but the stress that you've both been under for the last four years, what does something like this do to a marriage? I mean, I I work nights and I'm on the opposite schedule of my wife and I know the stress that that puts on our relationship. I can't imagine what this must be like. How has your, your relationship and your marriage fared through this? Yeah, um, I give the credit to God for that. Um, we Our marriage has grown closer because of this. Um, you, you get put through a hard time and... You see what's going to work and what's not. And we, Ben and I, drew closer to each other um, through this. It's very hard, especially now. Um, I'm not allowed to contact him. I have to wait for him to call me. And then um, I'm allowed to see him once a month for about an hour and a half when we boil down, getting searched in and processed in, into the facility. Um, and when I talk to him, there's it's always recorded. So I can't have a true conversation with him because there's certain things I'm not going to bring up over the phone. Sure. People are listening. Um, but it's something that we, we have always put our marriage um, ahead of our career, ahead of life. And it's something that we focus on to this day. Is it hard? Yeah, because we can't communicate the way 
a normal functioning mm. uh, spouse relationship would would because of the constraints put against us. But um, we have become much closer and our marriage has become much stronger, and I give God the credit to that. Uh, we're talking with Keelan Darby about her son, her uh, husband Ben's uh, case. Uh, ben is being supported by the Pipe Hitter Foundation, so if you want to learn more about his case, you can go to pipehitterfoundation.org. Um, do you think, let me ask you this as both a police officer yourself and the spouse of a police officer, are you concerned that this this situation that your husband has gone through here, that this could have a chilling effect on, one, people wanting to become police officers in the first place, but two, people that are police officers being less proactive in dealing with volatile and dangerous situations, particularly dealing with mentally ill folks who happen to be armed. Absolutely. Um like like we mentioned, I am a police officer for a different agency, but I'm also I am one in North Alabama, and we have called my my guys will call me that I supervise, and they say, "Hey, uh, what do we do about this?" Because it's very we get calls similar to Ben's situation, and um, people don't when when Ben's verdict came out in uh, May May seventh of twenty 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 one, uh, I can guarantee you that policing in North Alabama stopped especially in Huntsville, because no one expected this um, at all, because Ben followed the, mm. the, the rules that he was given, um, and the guy was given more than one opportunity to follow directions, and he, he decided not to, and it, it didn't work out well for him. We, um, no, I mean, it's, 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 it's just staggering. Uh, we're just about out of time. But if uh, people want to help, uh, what would you suggest? What can people, rank and file people that aren't on the appeals court, what can they do to help your husband and your family in the situation that you're going through? Uh, obviously, this is a huge financial burden to us because we're fighting the legal um, legal system to get him free. So if people would like to donate, they can go to pipehitterfoundation.org, and they'd set up a donation link mm. for us. Um, people can reach out to um, the Alabama governor, lieutenant governor, um, attorney general Steve Marshall is now the prosecutor of the case. I encourage people to write him letters and ask, demand that they free Ben Darby for doing his job. Um, Steve Marshall is a, he stands on um, standing for law enforcement. If you really stand for law enforcement, then show your true colors and mm. stand for Ben Darby. Uh well, I, I'm sorry for what you're going through. Uh, best of luck. Please keep us posted on this, and uh, hopefully the next time we speak, it'll be under better circumstances. Absolutely, Frank. I very very much appreciate this opportunity. Thank you. And if you want to help uh, Keelan and her husband, Ben, you can go to pipehitterfoundation.org. Uh, we'll take your calls next. 15 seconds of fame straight ahead. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Straight ahead. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.